He's to the 45. He's oh, to he's the 50. Oh, no, he's not. No, he's not going to plant it in the midfield of the O, is he? Wow. Yes, he is. Rattler again to throw it. Steps up in the pocket. Throws on the run. guys welcome to the Oakland breakdown podcast brought to you guys by sb nation's crimson and cream machine i'm host today kami amurabi and joined by my co-host stephen brown stephen how's life it's good uh, the, i had the day off kind of and I'm working from home so it's been a nice little break on your day off do you jack tend skipping out again jack always skips out he's a he's a busy man though you know He's, a, he's, he's got a, all those tanning a, beds or whatever in his house. Yeah, he's a he's a very busy guy. Um, on your on your days off, do you just do nothing? What do you do? Uh, I do a little bit of social media stuff uh, for my business. Play some video games, go run, that kind of stuff. Nothing too crazy. Nothing Today's too crazy. Too hot to run, run. Yeah, it it's not that bad, you know. My uh. My my trash guys didn't didn't come today, so that's great. I don't think my mail person came today. I always felt I always feel like that as an adult, if I miss trash day, I have royally screwed up. <laughs> oh yeah, it's game over. Yeah, especially especially if like I really, really, really needed to actually get trash taken out. Like, you know, like you can, you can, you can go one week without it, especially if you have two trash cans. Yeah. Oh, man, if you go, if you go like two weeks without doing it, Oh, if there's I'm like food in there. Yeah, it's man. Done. You're you are screwed. And it's, yeah, it, it's, it's a bunch of fun, but anyways, Let's talk about a couple other things. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. I mean, the Big 12 media day polls came out. Oklahoma got several commitments. Uh, things, I don't know, there's a lot. Jake Taylor commits to OU. Uh, he is a Bishop Gorman guy from Las Vegas. He had offers from pretty much all of the major offensive line universities in the U.S. between Alabama, OU, Notre Dame. He chooses OU. He puts on a golden hat. What do we get from Jake Taylor? Jake Taylor is a guy that I think uh, a lot of pl- or a lot of people are really going to like just because it's a very obvious mean streak in his game. I mean, he's a guy that really – he's not there to block you. He's just there to kick your ass, so – that's something that I think a lot of OU fans have noticed has been missing from the offensive line. I think Jake Taylor brings that back um, once he gets on campus. And he was, man, he was really excited on, on the stream on the on, on <laughs> CB on CBS. He was like really, really killing it. Uh, he's uh, he had like five edits out there, which I thought was impressive in its own right. And uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think that, He's going to bring something else to Oklahoma that they, again, haven't had in a while, and they're getting these big-time, big-name offensive tackles. 
And um, I mean, it helps that he's from Bishop Gorman. Helps that Lincoln Riley may try getting back into Bishop Gorman. I mean, DeMarco, DeMarco Murray, Murray. Yeah, the dude's there, and he's been one of their best prospects, I guess, to come out of that prep school from you know Bishop Gorman to college to the league back to college. And so it's interesting to see how that works out. And and so Lincoln really has established kind of footholds in the you know, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, which is really, really nice for Oklahoma on the East Coast. They've always had kind of that SoCal connection. They've had some dudes from Miami and Florida here and there from in Southeast, like in Georgia, Florida, et cetera. Uh, can they deliver Tulsa? Like, let's say like Mike Atis in 2023, <laughs> you've got um, – You've got Gentry. You've got uh, who, who am I overlooking right now? The defensive lineman from he he was at Edison, but now is at Memorial. Oh my gosh, you just caught me on the spot. Um, is it Chris? Uh, what's his name? It's not McClellan, over Chris McClellan. McClellan. McClellan yeah, that's what sorry. it is. It's it's, an, it's another McClellan. That's usually not a. I good don't think sign. that's really a Tulsa thing. He kind of transferred around. Yeah, but I mean, he was a he was at Edison then Owasso. That's true, but I, don't, I but, mean, I don't think Oklahoma's just struck out on Tulsa altogether. I think they just had some bad luck in recent years. Um, you know, talking to some of the coaches up there, they don't seem to have any sort of hard feelings against OU. Do they just think that you know they've had some bad luck? Um, obviously, when you're recruiting into Ohio State with DBs, it's going to be a hard win, especially when. Your tracker record at Oklahoma is almost, you know, nothing as far as NFL production. So I think they'll get back into it. Man, it's I think next year is pretty big. I think the state of Oklahoma, it, gosh, the state of Oklahoma's talent over the next few years has an opportunity to be really, really special with those dudes from Bixby. Owasso's getting big. Union's always there. Jinx is always there. Broken Arrow gets big. Uh, and so I'm, I'm really curious to see how they deliver. I wonder if, I mean, right now, your gut feeling. Does Gentry Williams end up signing with OU? I think he does. And it might uh, it might be one of those things where he either takes a, a commitment to USC or maybe he just takes a, an official visit and people get really worried. But um, I think Oklahoma's right there with him. I think the USC stuff is a little bit overrated at this moment um, just because I think when you look at Gentry Williams, obviously the family connection to OU is big. Um, Oklahoma's record on defense is getting better and better. And then if you go to USC, they really haven't done anything in recent years. It's true, but man, they can, they have so much to offer regarding NIL stuff. I feel like, do you feel like USD and this, maybe this is a question for a future podcast. Do you think USC schools like that, um, and maybe even Stanford and Palo Alto, they have a lot to offer from the NIL perspective, considering that they are massive cities on the West Coast that can offer a ton of benefits and random, um, I guess, uh, sponsorships, if you will. Right. Do you think they will really reassert themselves in the college football scene? I think Stanford has a better shot than USC. I just don't think the USC fan base is there for them to really drive those those uh whatever you know endorsements you know to the point where you know stanford could um i just don't think there's much much motivation behind it 
and that could change. I mean, USC used to be a very, very big program and then died off pretty quickly after Pete Carroll left. But, uh, I mean, I don't think USC is going to be a huge threat with an NIL right now. <clears throat> how, how many games does USC win this year? Do you think? Well, they, they're on the up and up a little bit, but I don't think they win, you know, maybe seven, seven, eight like that. Wow. I would be thinking about big eight or nine. I'm not a big believer in USC. Is there is there a reason why you just, you just hate them? Uh, I just hate them. Also, I mean, Clay Helton's still there, isn't he? He, he is, hasn't really he done is. much, so that's interesting. Um, what about Oklahoma and, and Louisiana prospects? Has Oklahoma? Because Oklahoma, for the longest time, they have gone and recruited Texas very well. They've recruited, you know, dudes from Tulsa occasionally pretty well. Uh, dudes from Arkansas regionally getting some gems out of Kansas. Um, they might, and they've had the SoCal connection for a while. Now they're getting into the DMV area, Dallas, Maryland, Virginia, which is fantastic. Those are things that they didn't have under early Bob Stoops. Um, they're. It looks like they're trying to now get back into. Las Vegas, Bishop Gorman has Oklahoma abandoned Louisiana after they, cause remember they, they took like three guys from Louisiana in one class. And I don't think any of them panned out. I'm talking like Arthur McGinnis, one of his teammates that they all just like, they did not go well together. Did you think yeah, Oklahoma I mean, Adrian was, really was probably the best? Oh, that's right. I think he was really hasn't done too much. Um, at least on the field. So yeah, I mean, They've kind of struck out on Louisiana, and I think, you know, the better prospects in Louisiana, you have LSU and Alabama, Georgia recruiting that pretty heavily. So um, you got to play your odds elsewhere, and I think Oklahoma's really found a spot in the DMV area um, where they can pull that elite talent where they're not going to have to compete with, you know, the likes of in-state schools, but also Alabama is there, you know, weekly. Georgia is there, LSU, all those guys. So A&M, I think yeah. in the DMV area, I mean, you got Penn State, um, Ohio State here and there, Clemson, uh, but you can win battles against those guys. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense, right? And so I'm, I'm really curious to see what this will look like in five years. Let's say, you know, if the Big 12 does melt down, where Oklahoma's recruiting grounds are still will still be. I wonder if they'll still be the same. I wonder if they'll still expand because it's pretty clear Oklahoma has made a pretty large emphasis on the Baltimore kind of area, DC area. I wonder if North Carolina really changes anything there. As far as I mean, because Mac Brown's been recruiting at recruiting at a very high level, and I think it's kind of got some Clemson fans worried there because they're winning some head to heads. And I wonder mm-hmm. if that kind of trickles over. That's a good question. I didn't think about that. I didn't. I didn't. I haven't thought about North Carolina as a threat at all to Clemson. Oh, they're they're making up some ground pretty quick. Jeez. Well, things came out. Um, things that people love to talk about and maybe even argue about. Um, all the twelve teams came out for the Big Twelve. Looks from the media. You've got Rattler being the offensive player of the year. Gray's going to end up as the newcomer of the year. On offense, you have Spencer Rattler, of course, Jeremiah Hall. Um, you've got Marquise Hayes and Wanye Morris and place kicker Gabe Burkich. 
Is there anybody missing from there that you thought maybe got snubbed? Not really. I mean, you could say. Not a Mims? I don't know. Because a Mims is pretty good, but I don't know if he's he solidified himself as, as that top tier guy yet. Okay. So I think it, I think it's fine. I'm not I'm not a big question on the preseason polls anyways. I think they're the best thing about preseason polls is that just is it's a signal that football season is around the corner. So mm-hmm. I don't have yeah, a big it, problem with this list though. I think everyone on there is pretty deserving. I think it's interesting about Wanye Morris. I mean, his freshman year, he get he's a SEC freshman all American. Last year, of course, it was weird in Tennessee played like I think a total of four or five games and he did not get the benefit of the doubt in those games. And I don't even know if he started in all those games. And then now he comes to OU and it is a preseason, you know, all big 12 offensive team, which I think is interesting. Um, I don't really have any much argument on the wide receivers. I thought maybe Marvin Mims would get in considering he just lit up people um, on, on Lincoln Rock's offensive uh, of the ball. But defense, I was really interested because then you go Isaiah Thomas as an end, Perry and Winfrey as a nose, as a defensive line. You have Nick Benito, who's kind of a linebacker-ish, and that's it for them on the defensive end. Are there any snubs here, or do you think that's pretty fair? You know, Woody Washington might be in consideration there, but um, again, they rotated him pretty heavily, so I don't think he got the uh, the respect he might he might get this season. Yeah, and I mean, it feels like there were a few guys that maybe were snubbed. Like, I think we can all agree that Mike Rose at Iowa State is a pretty solid choice. I mean, I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure the man was there last year, too. Perry and Winfrey, they got that one right. Isaiah Dante Thomas. Stills. Yeah, Dante Stills. I feel like that's pretty pretty well and pretty fair. Nick Benito, I mean, I don't, see how, I don't understand how you couldn't put him there. The Hodges uh, Tomlinson kid from TCU is pretty, pretty good. I think a lot of people have been really upset about the defensive backs. Uh, not even just about OU in general, but about uh, several other schools. I think OSU, Trey Sterling, is that the name? Yeah. Uh, he they, he, and they believe that he was snubbed. But I think that's really a really interesting kind move of view at it. Off that list, if I had to move one off. Say what? The Iowa State DB, uh, Greg Eisworth. Mm-hmm. I don't really think he's top tier guy. Is he the one that got ejected from the Big Twelve title game? Am I thinking of somebody else? You're thinking of the uh, the safety. I think he's going oh, okay. off to the NFL, but he's the one that I think committed to Ole Miss and then was going to transfer out. I think oh, you had a big part in that recruitment, and they thought they had a shot, but ended up at Iowa State. He's been there forever, though. Hmm. Well. The also the media also decided to rank the 10 Big 12 teams. I love that it's called the Big 12, but there's still just 10 teams. They ranked them uh, from top to bottom, and they showed you how many first place votes each team would get, um, there are, which are, there are 39 of. And Oklahoma, of course, comes in first with 35 of those 39 first place votes. And you go Iowa State, Texas. Oklahoma State, TCU at the top five. Does that seem right? Does that top five seem right to you? Uh, I think I might flip-flop 
Oklahoma State and TCU, but the other ones I don't have really have a problem with. I think TCU's been pretty good this year. No Kansas or Kansas State, I mean. Uh, they have a lot to prove, especially they just have to stay healthy. So if they can stay healthy, then sure, they can be a top five Big 12 team, but they haven't really proved that in recent years. That's fair. And West Virginia, I'm always iffy on them. Sometimes it can be really, really good. Sometimes it can be just not that, that, that not great at all. Speaking of Austin Kendall's now at Louisiana Tech. <laughs> yeah, so I wish him all the best. See going down there. I mean, I think they know you play La Tech a couple years in a row, not that long ago. Yeah, it was their uh, what do you recall it that that game where they pay him to come in? Yep, to get whooped. The non, but the non con will pay you several hundreds of thousands of dollars to come and take a beating. Yeah, yeah they've had some some decent players in recent years, yeah, but they have. no one crazy good. But a couple guys in the <laughs> NFL. But me. I know it doesn't matter. I know none of this, absolutely none of this matters. But I kind of care because I'm wondering who those four first place votes are for Iowa State. Because I go back and look at, you go back and look at OU. They have won the conference six straight years in a row. Um, They return a ton of dudes. I mean, like, look, OU, they were up double digits or about to be double digits, I believe. I think they were up by nine in Ames, and they, of course, pooped the bed on that one. I mean, like they did earlier in the season with Kansas State because they were young. Uh, and then they, of course, didn't have other players back like Ramondre Stevenson and Ronnie Perkins. And then they went and beat them in the Big 12 title game, and they also had a double-digit lead, and they just got super close at the end. Oklahoma returns 21 guys that have had starting experience, including their kickers and punters. Iowa State also returns basically their entire team. They have like 22, 23 guys returning. And so it's basically the same teams coming back. Oklahoma was far younger than Iowa State was last year. And so they have the most to gain uh, uh, athletically, um, strength-wise. You have a ton of young guys on OU's, on OU's team making plays last year. And they were still relatively in their high school bodies. And now you're going to actually get to have them go through a off-season, a spring and a summer um, of legit weight training and, and, and just like maneuvering their bodies to be where they can be successful. So I want to know why, and I want to get your point on, I want to get your opinion on this. Who are these, why are these four people suggesting Oklahoma should not be the first they should be second in comparison to Iowa State. Is it because Iowa State won the regular season that they uh, don't get a trophy for? Basically, I mean they had that they won against Oregon, I believe, in the in their bowl game. Which Oregon, you know, had some injuries, wasn't really a great program last last season. But I think it's more where they're returning players. It, they're just trying to reason that um, basically the sum is better than the, the parts. So. Um, you have a lot of preseason, like, uh, Mike Rose is a really good player. Um, the tight end, what's his name? Uh, Charlie Kolar from, yeah, from Norman North. So they're missing the other other tight end. Yeah, I think they are. But, But, um, I just don't understand. It's just where ISU is a program that traditionally gives OU trouble. 
and maybe they finally get over that hump. It's, it's kind of like the same argument where can Oklahoma get over that playoff hump? Let's go ahead and put them there and see if they can do it. So, and then on the other hand, it just might be an Iowa State fan that just threw that vote in. See, like, I don't want to be the one to say it, but it sounds like some folks from Iowa State might be slipping those in because I don't think any rational person, after seeing what Oklahoma did, not just the last six seasons, but from the middle of last season to the very end, and in the returning mostly everybody, including all the youth that's getting bigger, faster, stronger, and more, I guess, uh, more in tune with the schemes that Lincoln and Grinch are running. And then you're going to be like, oh, yeah, they're second best here. Like, that's not how this works. They just they just won the conference championship. They they just beat the hell out of what Florida would call uh, their scout team, I suppose. But it, it's just ridiculous to me. But, I mean, I expect those games to be called game day games as long as Iowa State oh, yeah. can beat Iowa and as long as they can, you know, take care of business in other ways because Oklahoma should be a very good team. Iowa State should be a very good team. Oh, did you see that? Did you see that Iowa State recruit that he committed and he was like, I can't wait to get sacks against Oklahoma. Did you see that? I did not see that. Which one was it? Was it a recent I don't, commit? Yeah, it was a recent commit. I don't even know, but I was I was like, why? Why is that the why is that the one thing you want as a headline when you commit to Iowa State? I want to get sacks against I feel like Oklahoma. someone else said that about. Oklahoma. It was like an OSU player, maybe, which it makes more sense if you're an in-state kid. But, but still, like that's your that's your thing. That's your mo. I mean, it's just priorities in your program. One one's going for national championships. The other's going for sacks against OU. I guess, man, sacks against OU. Like they want to, they want to get at Spencer Rattler and take away his Canes money. I don't think Spencer Rattler is going to be there by the time this kid plays. That's probably pretty fair. That's probably pretty fair. Do you think Spencer Rattler is going to win the Heisman this year? If you had to bet on it right uh, now. I wouldn't bet on it. I just haven't seen enough to say, you know, when I'm comparing it against, um, you know, the likes of Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, I just don't see him on that level yet. Um, I mm-hmm. think he's a very, very good quarterback, but I just don't think he's taken that step into being a great one. So maybe he gets there, but I just need to see it before I can really, you know, throw a bet on that. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right. Anyways, we're going to go to a break for our sponsors. Um, they pay for this stuff. They let us do that stuff. So we're going to we're going to reserve the, the, these next three seconds for the sponsorship. So here you go. Steven, Big 12 Media Days, they're coming down the pipe uh, in the next week, I guess, a week and a half. Nick Benito, Jeremiah Hall. I think each team only could bring two players, if I'm correct. What questions are you asking? And you don't even have to ask questions to the Oklahoma folks. You can <laughs> ask questions to any of the other folks. But what are you asking to who? I think it'd be interesting to ask a Texas player what's going on there because there's been some rumors coming out of that program that not everyone's really buying into the Sarkeesian uh, era just yet. So I think it'd be very interesting to just take a question there and see kind of what that reaction would be. Interesting. I would ask Jeremiah Hall how his head gets so bald. <laughs> how, 
how do you shave it that clean without kind of like do, do you know you know like people shave maybe he's um, got a laser thing jack might have one he maybe, maybe that's why he's gone maybe because i mean dudes dudes shave their faces and their beards i mean and, and women they shave pits and legs and stuff like that <laughs> he has to he has to cut his head right at some point you'd think so and wouldn't that would you feel like that would bleed more than it than not yeah i think it's your, your uh, the veins in your head would would bleed a little bit more than like say like an arm or something that's terrifying to think about actually especially like, if you to play a game that day get some sweat he, in that thing that would that would suck he has to have somebody else do that right yeah I maybe mean, got the barbershop there or you just wax it. They got a barbershop inside the uh, the facility. That's right. That's right. They do. How bad would waxing your head feel like? That sounds excruciating. I would rather just go laser it, even if it's just like very ir- irritating the next day. Yeah. I would just go straight laser. What about Nick Benito? What would you? What question would you ask him? <laughs> what was it like being recruited by Mike Stoops? <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. And here comes you know, Oki tied for that one. Okay. <laughs> but I wonder. I wonder what it was like to be recruited by like Mike Stoop, Tim Kish, right? Because Tim Kish was part of that too. And Mike Stoop was kind of let it because he was more the the St. Thomas Aquinas guy. But yeah, because the 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 aura and the enthusiasm and just the overall like feeling is totally different from Roy Manning from Kerry cooks from Tim Kish to Brian Odom to um, Mike Stoops to Alex Grinch. It's night and day, their personalities, how they approach things, how they approach us, I guess, athletes. Um, I wonder if being serious, you could ask them like, you know, you came to this program pretty much at rock bottom on defense. And then you had this big transition in the coaching staff. You know, how has that been? What would you tell like an, a, a player coming, like a prospect coming in? What would you say to them as far as like, what does this coaching staff offer compared to the last one? Yeah. Oh, that would be a great one. And I asked, I asked that to Kenneth Murray a couple of years ago and I was like, Hey, Brian Odom's your new guy. Um, how do you feel? And he he was very like he, the guy right be, right beside me. He was a Texas guy, and he was like, "Why'd you go to Oklahoma?" And K- Kenneth Murray was like, "I wanted to win." He's like, "That's it? Yeah." He's like, "So you're telling me you went to OU just because you wanted to win?" He's like, "Yes." <laughs> and then that was the end of that. That was the end of that. That's uh, some big w- J journalism. Yeah, it was. It was fantastic. Everybody, it was awkward, and uh, and I asked him that question. I was like, I wonder if he's going to one kind of answer me, one word answer me, and he's like, no, Odom's phenomenal. That guy's awesome. He really elevated me, and he's always there to talk to me and ask, answer my questions and yada, yada. So, I mean, I wonder – it makes me think – not a knock on Mike. I'm talking about positional coaches. It makes me wonder what Tim Kish was doing beforehand that – linebackers are like, oh, I love Odom because he's willing to answer all my questions whenever to make me a better player. And same thing for Roy Manning 
and Kerry uh, uh, Cooks slash Bobby Jack Wright, right? I'm curious to know what changed. How are they operating um, with these athletes over under these coaches? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I might ask Nick Benito how it feels to be so disrespected by by being like <laughs> number one in everything in in wasn't he number one wasn't he an all-american nationally but not in the conference or they, something they like that, that i know he was an all-american in several things and then could couldn't get that status either in the conference or something the dude had killed it all along second for, team for, uh, AP All American, and then was he even was he even an All American in the Big Twelve? He was a academic All Big Twelve honoree. <sighs> oh, second team though, second team doesn't count. Can you imagine that? Isn't that terrible? Oh man, I bet it. I bet it. I bet it fuels him. But anyways, uh, I think Kennedy. The Brooks. biggest question might be, oh. you know. This has been the hot topic on Twitter is, will OU go to black jerseys, and how do they feel about that? Because like my I, Twitter feed is full of OU black jersey edits. There are two classes of people. There are people that hate, <laughs> hate, hate change, and they hate the idea that Oklahoma may change their jerseys uh, for whatever reason. And there are people that are openly embracing it. Um, what two groups have you noticed that? Oh, there's always gonna be those groups of people like, no, we don't need jerseys. Jerseys are for Oregon and Oklahoma State. It's just I I don't get it because Oklahoma has changed their jerseys several times within the last, I'm not saying 20 years, but Oklahoma has changed their jerseys since they went to jump man. Have people not noticed larger the logo? Yeah, have people not yeah. noticed any of that. They changed the jerseys, and then of course they changed from the seventies and the eighties, and even the nineties when Schnellenberger was there. Uh, they had, uh, yeah, it, it was different, and um, yeah, it's so in- it's just interesting to me. Now I'd be da- I'd be down for black jerseys. I'd be down for anthracite jerseys. I'd be down for like throwback jerseys, kind of like what they did in, with Jason White in I think in Those season cool. three. Uh, those though those uh, fifty five I think jerseys they they just they look just plain white pants red on the top and the triple stripes on the on the sleeves uh, shoulder pads yeah sure cool whatever a white helmet red stripe looks great sure when, especially when you're kicking the hell out of North Texas I mean that's easy um, Kennedy Brooks how do you, he gets no respect ever at all. He's not flashy. He's not a flashy guy. He's not a flashy runner. He just gets the job done. Was Rodney Anderson that flashy? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's the moments. Um, obviously, the, the Kansas, the Kansas State, State run, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also had like like the the top end speed. Like you just see when he turns that gear. I don't really see that with uh, Kennedy Brooks. Hmm. He never really got caught from behind that often, though. No, not very often. I mean, I think there's one, was it Kansas State maybe or West Virginia or something like that? He got pretty close to a, a pretty long touchdown, but caught, caught. I think it was the same game that uh, Kyler Murray came in. Mm. 
for that for that Baker play for the first series. I just know that this man last year when you know before we knew the pandemic was going to make college sports and all of sports really interesting and pretty pretty uh just I guess what's the word I'm looking for? Uh not dramatic. It's just like off the wall melancholy. Uh, melancholy that's a great word (laughs) unpredictable that's the word i'm looking for but melancholic works as well um kennedy brooks was going to be read by of course his pff the sixth best returning running back um along with names with guys like chuba hubbard and Najee harris ahead of trey sermon ahead of ramondre stevenson outside the tackles running and yards after contact, especially outside the tackles, he graded out the best out of anybody. And then, of course, he sat out because of COVID. And then this year, they have him ranked as the number three returning running back. Eric Gray is nowhere on that list, mind you. So, I just I don't understand. He catches the ball well. He's a good blocker. He doesn't really run though. He's not gonna cut you. He's not gonna cut up and down the field to make guys miss. It's not sexy. It's not exciting. It's not fun. He's gonna hit the hole. He's gonna get to the edge and he's gonna plant his foot and he's gonna get up field. And that's really what he's gonna do. And he's gonna get you another thousand yard season. I mean, the man is a freshman and is a sophomore. Had thousand yard back back thousand yard seasons. He, he took a year off last year because of COVID. I just don't understand. I mean, especially with a team that with Bill Beatenbow, they love the GT counter. They love to run off tackle. He is like a really, really, really great option for you there. Whereas Eric Gray, he does off tackle stuff. He's helping Eric Gray do that off tackle stuff. But Eric Gray more of a between-the-tackles guy. He likes to go between the tackles and run straight to the second level instead of you know eyeing, 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 seeing the gap, hitting it. Um, I just think it's so interesting that people have, like, I guess, it, is it fair to say this is like an out-of-sight, out-of-mind situation? Yeah, it's like um, you go to a car show, you know, there's a pickup truck there, and there's a Ferrari. Which one are you going to walk to to see it? I mean he doesn't do anything flashy. He just gets the job done. I mean, he does have the big runs here and there, but even then it's just not like a, a wow moment. He just makes it look so mundane, like so pedestrian. Is Kennedy Brooks good enough to get OU a national title as a starting running back? Yeah, he's, he's plenty good. I mean, he's not a bad running back. He just doesn't, he just not flashy. All these haters, man. Um, Let's talk about stuff that I talked about the other day. Mikey Henderson, now gone from the program. Uh, Trajan Bridges and Seth McGowan have been gone for a minute. Um, Somebody else said that these guys, in particular Mikey Henderson, which I thought was interesting, missing would hypothetically, hypothetically, cost OU games maybe. Do you buy any of that? Not really. I think the biggest hit there is Mikey Henderson, but I don't think OU is going to lose a game because of him or because he's not there. Because I think Jeremiah Hall does a lot of things really well. Um, so, I mean, you look at Trajan Bridges, they had Mike Woods. You look at McGowan, they had Eric Gray or, you know, whatever running back you want to put in there. So, Trey Bradford. Trey Bradford. Yeah, right. 
So um, they've made up for those pieces elsewhere. And so in some places they may have gotten a little bit better. So uh, I don't really think they're going to lose a game because they, they lost three of these guys. Like I can see like last year, for example, Ramondre Stevenson and Ronnie Perkins. Yes. Those dudes changed games for OU. Um, more so Ronnie Perkins than Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson, that was just a grown-ass man playing running back. And OU didn't have that in their backfield. Right. And now Oklahoma has Kennedy Brooks back. They've got Eric Gray back. Uh, or they got Eric Gray to the fold. You've got Trey Bradford from LSU there. And then, of course, you still have Marcus Major going on. And so you kind of have a, a different array of running backs. And then Mikey Henderson, to me, and this is what made him unique, right? He could play running back. He could play fullback. He could play the Jeremiah Hall role. He could play H back. He could even line up a, kind of like a tight end slot guy occasionally on the edge of the line. Who knows? Like a flanker. Uh, he could do a ton of things. Catch the ball, block, run the ball, etc. Um, and he could be a guy that's a really like a Swiss Army knife, but also really, really good, high caliber athlete. But I don't think missing him will cost you games. And but that's when people will say, well, but I said hypothetically, I didn't say would, I said it could. Well, an asteroid could hit us right now, and we would hypothetically be dead. Okay. Then why bring it up if you don't mean like is it just content season and people are just grasping at straws? It's a little content season. It's just like, come on, man. That what a bad take. Like I Trajan Bridges is the most talented guy out of all three of these dudes. But then they go and get Mike. I, I like Mike Woods. Don't get me wrong. Trajan Bridges is shiftier. I would like him better. But Mike Woods is also a deep threat. He's what we want Charleston Rambo to be, I suppose. Um, but yeah, you're not going to miss Seth McGowan at all. I, I can just tell you that straight up. You're not, especially with the transfer of Trey Bradford and, uh, and Eric Gray. Don't care. You've got Jeremiah Hall. Braden Willis, who played a lot more ball than Mikey Henderson as soon as he got healthy at the end of the year. Um, Austin Stogner, who won't always line up in that tight end role. He'll sometimes line up in that H-back role. Mikey Henderson's not getting on the field over those guys. This is a hit maybe bigger for next year. Right. And, And Oklahoma will have to hit the recruiting trail a little bit harder now because of that. But this year, no. I think it's preposterous. I think it's like ludicrous to say that. Am I? Do you feel like I'm going over the edge here? Or do you feel like I'm right? Like or no, I think or, you're or am I right. somewhere in between? Okay. The only thing was Mikey Henderson. He's just hard to scheme for, but he's not going to be like an X factor to win you a game, especially a big game. When you win those big games, it's because you're better in the trenches. Mm. So if they lost a guy like Andrew Rame. Um, you know, Marquise Hayes, that would be a huge, huge hit to Oklahoma. But a skill position guy, I mean, they have those guys everywhere. It's true. It's very true. But anyways, that's all I have for today. It's going to be a relatively short podcast. It's Friday, man. We're going to go enjoy the day. Do you have any plans for this evening and the weekend? No, I got to work tomorrow. So I'm just going to chill. I'm supposed to go to like a housewarming party, but we'll see. We'll see how we'll that see. goes. And in about one week, the the second Space Jam comes out, and I'm not heavily anticipating it. I just want to see if it is garbage or if it's okay. I think it's going to be garbage. 
Because there's no the way. One. Yeah, there's no way it surpasses the other one, right? No, someone watched it the other day, like the the older one. They said there's so many like euphemisms in it and everything. It's it's hilarious, but today's world, they're probably gonna tone that way down. They already toned down. Uh, what's her name? The bunny. The bunny, yeah. So it's just like, what else are you gonna take out of it? Yeah, uh, that's right. People were angry. What's her name? It's not bad. Lo Lola or something. Lola. Yeah. Is it Lola, yeah bunny? Lola bunny. People got upset because she no longer was an attractive bunny uh that was athletically looking and pleasing to look at which is kind of a weird thing to talk about i guess <laughs> like they made her look more i guess like a like a bunny and less like a sexual bunny and people were like hey give me my <laughs> sexy cartoon bunny back it's a weird situation man i like I mike farrell would be like one of those guys that complains about that 100 100 but that's all i have you have anything else to add uh, join the Discord. Yeah, and, and so I've I've what I what I've been doing lately for the folks listening. If you want to join the Discord, I literally have been putting the Discord link in the last ten days, um, putting the Discord link in the podcast description. So if you want to go join the Discord, just look at the podcast, scroll down, and the Discord link is right there. But yeah, you guys, follow us on CrimsonandCrimmachine.com. You guys can follow us at CC Machine. Follow Jack. When he's out of the tanning bed eventually, he better be super, super, super tan, like leather couch tan, I'm telling you. At J. Larry Shields, you can follow me at K. and CCM and Steven at Updated SB. Like I said, um, you can find the Discord link in the podcast description on Apple, Spotify, wherever you will find it. And that's about it, guys. We'll check you guys later.